Marley from The Muppet Christmas Carol and walk down the halls when people went to go through it for a showing and be like, leave this place. Because then she would have to come back from New York and not move. You are listening to the Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, episode 31. Now, today is especially exciting because it's my birthday, and I thought I would just kick it off with having a little bit more fun today and answering one of those like silly questionnaires, getting to know you. So I wanted to tell you um, a few things about myself and then just jump right into this questionnaire, and I'm going to try really hard to just do this in real time without editing it after. So I'm a little nervous because... Yeah, I kind of looked over these briefly, but it might get kind of crazy. So (laughs) thanks for being here. Okay, so question number one, who's your best friend? Uh, Duh, this is super easy. My best friend is my husband, Nick. He, oh my gosh, I just feel so lucky to have him. I love, love, love him. Um, Okay, something that you might not know about me. I love old movies and old TV shows, and I'm very, like, traditional with them. So at Christmas time, we always have to watch, you know, the old like white Christmas. And then at Easter time, I love watching the Easter parade. And around Valentine's Day, we always watch, um, what is that show? Gosh. Uh, am I going to have to edit this now? Because now I can't think. Holiday Inn. Hello. That one covers all of the holidays. My gosh. But you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's, just those older ones that are just really like the classics, like the black and whites even. I just really love those. And when Nick and I first got married, he wasn't really into them. And for many, many years before we had kids, we were married for six years before we had kids, we would have old movie Sunday where we would pop some popcorn and put on an old black and white movie and just snuggle. And I loved it. Okay. What show is your favorite or what are your shows? I love, love, love the bachelor slash bachelorette like franchise. I'm obsessed with it. Um, even if the, the, um, bachelor bachelorette isn't ideal or my favorite person, like I just like to make fun of them, but I love that franchise so much. It's easily one of my favorite shows. As far as animated shows go, one of my guilty pleasures is the Simpsons. I got into that at college and I have like quite a few of their seasons on DVD and I just love the Simpsons as well. Another thing about me, my favorite types of entertainment are musicals. I'm a huge, huge, huge sucker for a good musical. So you better believe I've seen Wicked like six times, including like in California, in (laughs) New York, in Salt Lake. I think we saw it in uh, Salt Lake three times, maybe four times. I love musicals. And my new favorite one is actually Hamilton. It's so good. I have the opportunity to see it with my best friend, Heather, um, earlier. Uh, last year, actually. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm like dying to see that one again. Um, One of my favorite places in the whole world is Disneyland. We are annual pass holders and we love Disneyland. It's just like the best place ever. I feel so happy when I'm there. I am the type of Disneyland goer though, that I want to be there before the gates open. And I'm happy to stay all the way till the end when the fireworks go off like every night. Whenever I'm there, we usually go for like three to four days in a row. And I can do that same thing every single night. Like I don't need to go back to the hotel. The kids, if they want to sleep, they can sleep in the stroller because I am on a mission and that's like how I like to do it. So that's how I do my Disneyland. I'm also um, 
really, really, really into the experiences and the rides and the music. So it's just like the whole thing for me. It's not just like going to Disneyland and standing in lines. Like I love everything about it. And I feel so inspired when I go there, especially in my line of work about pushing the boundaries creatively and just creating magic for people. Okay. Um, are you a Mac or a PC person? Holy cow. Mac all the way. Like I've had iPhones since they came out. And I love Macs. One of my claim to fame is when I met my husband. His whole family came from like PC. And he now is like a Mac guy. <laughs> so yeah, I love Macs and Apple everything. Okay, have you ever given to any charities? Why, yes, I have. So as far as charities go, I think if you listen to um, one of the earlier episodes with my bestie, Heather Collert, she gives on a very grand scale to lots of charities. And so I've had the opportunity to actually get involved with some of those ones like Choice Humanitarian, Ronald McDonald House, um, tons of those charities. When I go, I especially to the galas with her, I always try to make a donation just to contribute and to add. Um, one of my favorite ones that I've donated to is the Tyler Robinson Foundation, which helps kids with cancer help cover like living expenses and medical bills. And that one is through the band Imagine Dragons. And they are amazing. Like the gala that they do every year is insane. They perform like a private concert. It's insane. Like that's one of my favorite charities ever. So yes, luckily because of her, um, more than just like giving to my church and paying tithes and offerings, I love, love, love um, being her date and going to all those events because they are so much fun. Okay. What is your favorite treat or dessert? So my favorite dessert is probably carrot cake. And my mother-in-law actually has the best recipe because her carrot cake has no nuts or raisins. Like it's just the best. And the cream cheese frosting that goes on it is to die for. I think the recipe is like butter and cream cheese, vanilla and powdered sugar. So you know, it's good. Like it's just all solid. Like every time I make it, it's, oh my gosh, it's so good. Everybody loves it. It's the best carrot cake I've ever had. So that one specifically, and I do like other cakes. I'm not a huge fan of chocolate or lemon, but fruity cakes or carrot cakes, yum, all day long. I will take those all day long. Um, okay. What is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? So my most embarrassing moment is actually really embarrassing. It was, I think three years ago, we went up to Bear Lake in Northern Utah and it's winter. It was New Year's day and we went sledding on this hill and this hill, you had to hike all the way up to the top. They got on these slides and, uh, these sleds like that were kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it, like a foam sled, almost like a boogie board type uh, feel. And we were sledding down, having the best time. And it had been like an hour. And I was like, okay, I want to just do one more. Um, and at the bottom of the hill at the run, there were like different signs that were like a road sign, you know, into the ground that just said like, watch out for cars. And I was going, 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 and just having the best time. And all of a sudden I saw this sign and I was like, okay, I'm just going to lean a little bit to get out of the way. And I like leaned and instead of turning the other way, like I turned into it, and so I was headed straight for it. Like my head was straight for the sign and I leaned and I just missed my like neck and collarbone and turned and banged the side of my right arm into the sign that said, please be cautious of cars and other obstacles. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I broke my arm. Like it was so embarrassing. Well, I didn't break my arm, which was really lucky. Like I'm so lucky it didn't hit my head or my clavicle or my shoulder. Cause it would have been, I would have been ruined. Um, but as a result, I got this huge hematoma, which is like a bruise that turns into swelling, which turns into like your muscle getting scrunched up. So now on my right arm, if you ever notice a picture of me, like I have a big bulge coming out of my right arm from that moment. So it's an embarrassing moment that I will never 
forget. And everyone was like, why didn't you just bail? Like, why didn't you just roll off? Like, why did you stand your sled? And I just wasn't raised around snow. I'm from Southern California. So I don't know. It was just a totally foreign concept to me. I was kind of thinking like boogie boarding. Like I'll just turn and I'll go with the way. I'm, I don't know. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> okay. Who or where would you haunt if you were a ghost? So this question is going to be a little different answering it today versus if I were to answer it like a month ago, because one of my best friends just moved to New York and I told her that, you know, if she put her house up for sale, what she did, that I was going to dress up like Marley from the Muppet Christmas Carol and walk down the halls when people went to go through it for a showing and be like, leave this place, because then she would have to come back from New York and not move. But she just got her house under contract. So I guess that's not going to happen. But that's where I would haunt if I had to be a ghost, (laughs) just for my own selfish reasons. Okay. If you were stuck in an elevator and were forced to listen to only one song, what would it be? Oh, this one's so hard. It just depends. Like, I'm the type of person when I hear a song that I really like, I want to listen to it over and over and over and over and over. And oh, gosh, like, I don't know. I think whatever it takes by Imagine Dragons, that's a good one. There's also like, maybe I could listen to like an educational song, like 50 Nifty. My daughter sings that song all the time and knows all 50 states. (laughs) I don't know. That doesn't really bug me because I know eventually I'd get out. So I don't know. It really wouldn't matter. Something good. Something something nice with a good beat that I could dance to. I have no idea. Um, What do you think is the most unpleasant sounding word? Oh, the M word, you guys, the M word. (sighs) the worst. I hate the M word. If you don't know what the M word is, it's moist. Oh, so gross. Okay. That's the worst word ever. Okay. Okay. Next question. What do you, what isn't real, but you desperately wish it was? That's easy. Hogwarts. Oh man. I wish Hogwarts was real. Every time I'm in like a group setting that has questionnaires like for church or new friend groups where it's like, you know, what's what would be your favorite destination? What's on like your bucket list? I'm like Hogwarts, the real Hogwarts. We've been to the Hogwarts in Florida at Universal three times. And I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the real one. (laughs) That's what I desperately wish was real. Um, What things do you do every day that you wish could be automated? Oh my gosh. If I could automate washing, blow drying, and curling my hair every day, I would love for that to be automated. Okay. Would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? Oh, this is easy. I would rather be the worst player on a great team because I feel like this is like smart, um, building your team around you. Like that's what I recommend always is like, you want to be surrounded by people who are more talented than you, who are smarter than you, who think differently than you, because that's how you learn how to be better. Like if you're the very best, sure, you'll get all the credit and like the praise, but you're not going to be challenged to improve. And I'm taking this question as like, if I'm the worst at something, that doesn't mean that I have to stay the worst, right? Like I'm a hard worker. I'm dedicated. I'm coachable. I'm teachable. So I know that that wouldn't be the case for long. So I for sure would rather be on a great team surrounded by amazing people who I could learn from. Okay. What's the best practical joke you've ever pulled um, or seen pulled? 
Oh gosh. Okay. So, uh, both of these. So I think the best practical joke I've ever seen pulled was clearly like the fart glitter bomb thing (laughs) by Mark Roberg. He's on YouTube and he did that whole like hidden camera package thing where he built this massive like glitter bomb, (laughs) glitter bomb that did like fart smell sprays when it got stolen and you took off the lid. Anyway, I think that's one of the best ones I've ever seen pulled. As far as practical joke I've ever pulled, oh, this is so embarrassing. But when I was in junior high, we had a Brazilian exchange student, and I put peroxide in her, like, pump hairspray bottle. And so her beautiful black hair started turning, like, goldeny um, orange. <laughs> it was kind of a tough situation. I wasn't just trying to be mean. I felt like it was provoked. That's, like, a story for another time. But that's, like, probably the worst joke I've ever played on somebody. Okay. Um, what game or movie universe would you most like to live in? Okay. Duh. Harry Potter, Hogwarts, like whatever universe that is. (laughs) Okay. What gets you fired up? Hmm. Okay. So I feel like I used to get really fired up for my dance parties and I still do. Like I love hosting dance parties. It's such a fun creative outlet for me, but the more I've gotten into my course and especially my 28 day challenge, I love seeing other people have that aha moment and watching them transform. Like that gets me so fired up because it's exciting to know that like you were a small piece of someone's journey and helping them unlock something that might've been hard or tough for them. Okay. What risks are worth taking? Hmm. I think any risk that is going to improve you as a person whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, whatever, like if you are willing to look silly or dumb or suck at something because everybody sucks at things that they're starting out at, like I think that any risk is worth taking if it improves you. Um, I'm not a big risk taker as far as like, you know, investing stupidly or, you know, um, I don't know, like I just feel like risks that are self-improvement risks are worth taking. Okay, what do you take for granted? What do you take for granted? Okay. So I think something I've taken for granted is my body. And what I mean is like, I always struggle with my body image and how it looks like I've just never satisfied is probably the best way to put that. And so, you know, whenever I look back at pictures, like before I had kids or like when I had done my pageant, like I always think like, why weren't you just so, why weren't you grateful? Like I would, I would kill to have that now, you know? So I feel like how that same attitude is probably how I'll feel about myself in another 10 years. I'll probably look back and say, oh my gosh, like you don't even know how easy you had it or how great you had it. And so I just, I think I'm just trying to be grateful for my body and just, you know, recognize like there are things about it that I can improve obviously, but for the most part, like just to be grateful and not take it for granted. Like I can walk, I'm healthy. I, you know, like I can do things for myself and there are those who aren't that fortunate. And so just to be more grateful. Um, okay. What is the best thing about you? So this one's kind of tough. I think one of the best things about me, and if you are in my inner circle, hopefully (laughs) you agree, but I try to be like the most loyal friend. I absolutely try to remember special dates and be conscientious. And if I think something about somebody or like they pop into my mind, I always try to send a text. I feel like I, yeah, I just don't ever want to mess up my friendships and I want to be a good friend. And so that's probably one thing that's really good about me as I'm very, very, very loyal. Um, 
what are you addicted to? Okay, so I I would probably say I'm probably the most addicted to food, like good food. Um, it It's actually painful for me to stop eating something when it's really yummy. Like if I'm trying to be healthier or trying to eat less, I feel like physical uh, attachment issues to food. And when I was heavier, like I would just eat until I was sick because I liked the feeling of how it tasted, how it made me feel like happy. And then when you're coming off of like a food high, because you always crash and burn when you eat too, too much junk. Um, it's weird how like eating more food makes you feel better. And so that's probably one of my biggest addictions that I struggle with. And it's kind of, I don't think people talk about it very much, but it's real. Food addiction is real. Um, what irrational fear do you have? So I think I have the same fear as everybody else, like feeling and looking dumb. Um, but I've, I'm working a lot about around my mentality for failure and trying to recognize failure as a part of the process. Like the more I study successful people, wildly successful people, I mean, millionaires and billionaires, it's amazing how they just have no shame when it comes to failure and that they just chalk it up as like, this is part of the process. And this is part of the refinement. If you want to be successful, you have to go through failing. Like nobody just is born with talents and, and born with the perfect skill set to accomplish things. Like the people who are really good at what they do failed a lot at it in the beginning. And that kind of gives me permission. So it is a fear. Like I, I find that, you know, like, Oh, what if I'm not relevant or what if I look dumb or whatever? What if I don't make it? But at the end of the day, I just know it's part of the process. So I'm trying to change my mentality around that fear. Have you ever saved someone's life? Mm, yes. Okay. So, um, I was at the pool with a friend and we were talking and, our little girls were in their like puddle jumpers and her daughter took hers off because she was done swimming. So she was in a towel and she was like sitting down and we were just talking. And then all of a sudden I was looking over at my daughter and she was like sort of by the edge of the pool. Um, and I just noticed like a little head bobbing that she was looking at. My daughter was two. So she wasn't old enough to say, mom, like something's wrong. And I just noticed this little head and instinctively just like jumped up. And it was my friend's daughter actually. And she was just drowning right there. And she wasn't quite blue, but she had drunk a lot of water. And I just jumped in and pulled her out. And it was so terrifying because it was a busy day at the pool. We weren't the only ones there. And of course, like my friend felt ter terrible. And it just is one of those things like, you know, like you just can't ever be too careful. Like we had put her like in a towel, like she was done. We were swimming. She was talking like, I don't even know when she got up and got back in, but we ended up calling 911. Um, she just like threw up a ton of water pretty much immediately, which is a great sign. And they ruled out that she didn't have any water in her lungs or anything. But like, I always think about, you know, oh my gosh, like if I wouldn't have noticed, like how, what, how could that have been different? Um, so yeah, that's the story I have about that. Um, what is the hardest life lesson you've learned? I think um, in, immediately I just think of love your body, love my body now, love yourself now, forgive yourself now. Um, it's a lesson I'm constantly working on. I feel like it's not something I'm ever going to arrive at as a destination, but just continue to fall uh, more in love with myself or to learn how to forgive myself more quickly and to be more compassionate and kind to myself. I always think of that quote, like if you talked to your friends the way you talk to yourself, your inner monologue, like would you have any friends? And honestly, you guys, um, a few years ago, I definitely would not. But now I'm, I'm trying to be better. But I, I always think about that. You know, if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself in your mind, would you have any friends? Okay, something that you are self-conscious about. 
Uh, let's see here. Okay. So I am really self-conscious about like how people perceive me in public settings, like especially around the way I move my body. And so I have a hard time like going all out 110%, especially when I dance. So one of my guilty pleasures right now is every Saturday morning, I go to this fitness class at my gym called Dirty Dancing. And I love it. Like it's sexy, sensual dancing. Like it's all of the things that you think of when you think of dirty dancing. And I love it. It's like helping me to connect with my body and helping me to feel more sexy and confident. And, um, so yeah, like I, I am self-conscious about dancing and moving my body in like sexy ways, but I made it a goal (laughs) to learn how to twerk this year and it's kind of coming together. I don't even know. Like that's so funny. Kind of TMI. TMI. Okay. Last one. What is one of your favorite smells? This is such a weird question to leave off on. Oh, my favorite smells are anything from Joe Malone. So Joe Malone is a brand of perfume and they sell them at Nordstrom and Sephora, I think. Yeah. So, um, Joe Malone orange blossom is my most favorite smell of all time. Like it's non-synthetic, like naturally based perfumes, but they smell so good. Joe Malone orange blossom. That's, that's where it's at. So here are about some things about me. I hope that this was fun for you to kind of get to know me on a more intimate personal level. And yeah, I hope that, um, as we go through this process of sharing more things that you don't only get the opportunity to get to know me a little better, but also the guests that I bring on. And I'm really excited to start working through the list of people I've been talking to because I really want to inspire event planners to just be more real and to kind of bridge that gap between being a personality as well as doing beautiful events and kind of how to showcase that and really create a brand for yourself. But thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here and I'll catch you in the next episode.